Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today is my friend, Mark Salcedo. <laughs> what? I was like, yeah, my friend. You're like, Mark Salcedo. I, I sound robotic now. <laughs> Mark Salcedo. <laughs> Hi, everyone. All right. I have to tell you something. <laughs> okay. You know the title of this episode? Yes, we're number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know. That's just another way of saying we ain't shit. Because <laughs> we're paid. You get it? High-grade qual- high quality comedy. Yeah. Here at the Real Appeal Podcast. That's what we're known for. <laughs> yeah, pee and, pee and poop jokes. Poo-poo pee-pee. <laughs> Poo-poo pee-pee caca. <laughs> uh facebook twitter and instagram you can find us on all of those at the real appeal with two e's and real and the real appeal at gmail.com is where you can email us we would like to get reviews on itunes mm-hmm. yummy 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 and yummy. tummy mm-hmm. which will eventually turn into poo poo pee pee oh god you can stop <laughs> with that shit <laughs> oh you said shit <laughs> Can go on. Continue. <laughs> Our segments this week are the news, geriatric cinematic, which is American Ninja, uh, Variety Time, which is, you know, Disney will start wars. <laughs> yeah. And geriatric cinematic, born on the 4th of July. So we have two geriatric cinematics. Mm, it's special because the 4th of July weekend, the topic is America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. So in the news, we have Fallout TV series from Westworld creators in the works at Amazon. Um, Westworld creators, in case you didn't know, Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan. I thought it was Jonathan Nolan. I think it is Jonathan Nolan. I think it is Jonathan Nolan. That has to be a typo. Um, they are lining up new projects they have a nine-figure deal with Amazon. Nine-figure? Yeah. Fuck. It is Jonathan. I don't know why they put Jonah, Jonah Nolan. That's weird. <laughs> um, Amazon Studios, um, they license the rights to the best-selling video game franchise um, as a potential TV series, and it is in development. And that means that if Amazon executives like the script... Uh, I felt like I lost my spot for a second. Uh, uh, they the, would bypass the traditional plot plot stage or pilot stage and go directly to the series. Just I don't know. That like, that that is that that is common. It's not on. It's not uncommon in Hollywood. I always thought a pilot mm-hmm. was just the first episode. So how, like, how do you skip uh, the first um, episode? No, uh, a pilot. Uh, uh, to tell you the truth, a pilot is actually it's it's literally a test run. Oh. Um, is they, that why House was so orange in the first? Sentence? Yeah, like like literally, like studios will give the green light to be like, all right, we're gonna green light this pilot, and so they do. So the production, everything, they get the episode made, then they show it to the investors to the studio, and they're like, okay, this is the first episode, this is the theme, this is what we're gonna be running with, and then most of the time, the studios will go, okay, you've already we've already spent money as pilot, so boom, just air that one. Um, that's why sometimes you'll see a pilot where the cast is somewhat different mm. from like the next episode. 
I've um, never noticed that. It it does happen. It happens quite often. Well, because because they, they're just like, well, we got like you know, they're just like, well, we already spent money on this first episode. This totally can be the first episode. So because normally a pilot is like introduction of the characters, what the mm-hmm. show's going to be about, the tone, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, why we're going to give more money just to retell that after it sold us? Yeah. Um. So yeah, in this case, like they have the option of just going boom straight into series. Like they don't like they don't even have to do the pilot stage to like sell it. Amazon will just be like, I like the idea, we'll just turn it right into a series. Oh, okay. Um, so Joy and Nolan are going to executive produce a series with their Kilter Films banner. Um, and then they're gonna be working with Bethesda Game Studios and Bethesda mm. Softworks. Yeah, the people behind the Fallout series. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've never played I've never played Fallout at at all. Um but I'm kind of into the gaming community, you know, reading articles and watching videos to to know what it's it's about, which is like it's like the World War II happened, and it, like that 1950s era, it just stayed like that, mm-hmm. and then like a nuclear fallout happened, and people like put themselves in like these um, bunkers, and there are like certain levels of bunkers, mm-hmm. and like the higher the level of the bunker, the better quality you have and you play like a character that is essentially born in a bunker mm-hmm. who's never seen the outside world and so me like, yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> you can easily relate to the story <laughs> um but like each one is like different and then you explore like the wasteland that is america mm. um you mean like how it is now <laughs> fuck it's getting there it's fucking getting there um i did um there there's really there's really nothing to show from like what how the theme of or the tone of the show is gonna go mm-hmm. um they did announce it bethesda did announce it no either bethesda or amazon they announced it on their twitter account and it was pretty much like like a little showy like boom we're doing like a fallout series mm-hmm. um i remember jonathan nolan and lisa joy had signed a deal with amazon in the middle of like uh not in the middle i think like before the last season of westworld Mm-hmm. So people were already speculating, well, what they're going to do. I'm actually surprised that they're doing Fallout. I'm surprised that they're doing anything because don't they have another season of Westworld well, to that's do? That's the thing. The, the The idea was like, I guess they kind of saw the writing. They were like, yo, we're not going to do another season because they're kind of like having us rush out like our plans and stuff. So they probably thought themselves like, well, we're probably going to get canceled or this was the last season. So whatever. That's why like. The last season of Westworld, what, season four? I think mm-hmm. we're in, or was it season three? <laughs> I know, even right? fucking know. I don't know. It seems like it's been <laughs> on forever now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's why, like, the last season of Westworld, it ended like, yo, this could be, like, the final season. But, I mean, it's greenleaf for another one, so it's just like, all right. Like, you know, plus, I mean, Westworld was their baby. They can pass it along to whoever else to like write it and all that kind of stuff like that because i know they're not doing much of the writing anymore that's true but i'm curious about this fallout series yeah um so that's that for that one Mm. um oh oh it's been a renewed yeah so that was (laughs) okay so that was the third season we watched (laughs) i swear it's like it's The last season went on. It seemed like it went on so long and nothing was accomplished. Or just like, yo, just end this shit now. Yeah, they, yeah. So bad. Um, from what I'm understanding, that the uh, the value of the Amazon deal clocks in at about 
$200 million. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's a lot of money. I know, but Amazon's got it. Jeff Bezos is worth, like, what, $70 billion right now or some shit? Yeah. So, like, that's like chump change to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sad news happened um, the morning of uh, this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm going to hate myself for saying this. Uh, Oscar-winning composer of many films, such as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, uh, uh, some films by Bernardo Bottolucci, Bottolucci, sorry, Terrence Malick, Brian De Palma. So the composer, <laughs> Inyo Maricón. <laughs> Kelsey wanted me to say that name again. How do you say it? It's Ennio Morricone, I think. Ennio Morricone. Yeah, he died uh, this morning uh, at the age of 91. <laughs> you said that this morning. It sounded like he was like, hey, Coco. Because I can't say yeah, it. Cause, yeah, you know, yeah, because he'll, he'll start listen. talking. Yeah. But he was like, play Eno Maricone. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then the device was like, I'm sorry, I what? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, the composer died in uh, at, in Rome. He was ninety one. This dude. Oh, he died of a fall. Yeah, he. What from what I understand, he like broke his femur, and it was like a lot of it was complications, and it, it just that, like that. That's was a it. bad one to break because you bleed. You have a lot of internal bleeding from that. Yeah. So um, uh, the composers worked with Brian De, Tom, Brian De Palma, uh, John Carpenter, Quentin Tarantino, Terrence Malick. He's worked on numbers a number of films. Um, uh, like I said, the Sergio Leone, the, the Dollar Trilogy, or the Man With No Name Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, classic, classic. Fuck it. Like, if, most of the time when people hear, think of a Western, they think that, wah, 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 that's, oh, that, yeah, yeah. that's his signature signature sound. Um, he did the soundtrack for The Thing, which is like my favorite sci-fi horror movie ever. Watch that. I watched that movie like maybe once or twice a year. Cinema Paradiso actually did cross my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I remember I showed you that. I, I think I showed you like the long version of it. Because um, you have it. Oh, yeah, I do have it. Holy shit. I do have a copy of the long yeah, version. Yeah, that's the one you showed me. Yeah. Um, he's done that one. That's another really great Italian film. Um, the composer, he's got, he had a, uh, he's been, not surprisingly, he's been nominated for five Oscars, but he's only got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, he's won two Golden, Glo- two Golden Globes, uh, four Grammys, and dozens of international awards. Um, yeah, like this dude, like this dude has like influenced so many musical composers working today and will continue to do so. Like if you hear, he, he, like his sound would make any movie sound fucking epic mm-hmm. it was magnet i think i'm gonna watch the sierra leone films tonight yeah yeah because those soundtracks are so awesome <laughs> they're so badass uh yeah you know he died at a young age of 91 he has so much more to go <laughs> <laughs> honestly like i'm sure he would have lived longer if he hadn't fallen 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 mm-hmm. um, i think he was still working too yeah i think he was 91 he was still working he just he couldn't stop Mm. Um, but I think that he definitely did a lot in his life. So, you yeah. know. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Pee pee poo poo. <laughs> Look, the theme is America. Fuck it. He you said R.I.P. Yeah. Did you have to? Did you? Ha- I, that was a layup you didn't need to grab. Yeah, I did. Oh, you didn't. Go to the next story. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Lord of the Rings TV series, Mission Impossible 7, and The Batman slowly resume productions in the UK and New Zealand. Um, hooray. Because those are all, you know, like, big franchise things. Yeah, big movies that we're looking to, looking forward to watching. I don't know about Lord of the Rings. I've never seen the movies. Ooh, I want to show you those movies, but... You don't want to sit through them. I don't want to sit through them. <laughs> My God, they're so long. Holy shit. I think to, like, watch all three of them, the complete extended version, you need to, like, miss a week of work or <laughs> some shit. They're so long. <laughs> um, so major Hollywood productions in the UK and New Zealand, uh, they're starting to come back to life. Mission Impossible 7 and The Batman are among a few of the big productions that are coming back. Um, and Amazon's Lord of the Rings series and Cowboy Bebop. I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. Are heading back to New Zealand. I'm so stoked that Cowboy Bebop's getting put back into production. Yeah, because that what they were working on that for a while and it was like never coming around, never coming around. Mm. And then they what then we announced a few months back like, oh yeah, Cowboy Bebop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was like, oh man, now they can't make it because everything shut down. Like, and yeah. you kind of get scared that they're not going to come back to things. Yeah, well, it had shut down. It had shut down before uh, this pandemic happened because, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, the actor's name is, I'm, I'm forgetting right now. Um, I'm going to say Stephen Chow, but that's not, the, excuse me. That's not the actor. Um, what the fuck's his name? <laughs> I, what's his name? His name is John Cho. Okay, because I don't want to be like, oh, any Asian name. Uh, yeah, because John Cho, he got into an accident. I think he like busted his ankle or something like that. Oh. And they were the production was pulled on halt for like a month or two months or something like that while he healed. And then the pandemic happened. They were like, oh, oh all right, I guess you got all the time to heal now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Mission Possible 7 is getting pushed. Uh, it's still getting back put back into production. Um, what was it it was saying about, like, they're only, like, limiting so much space or something like that, right? Um, let's see, because I didn't see that. But I'm sure, I mean, that makes sense, right? You're still not wanting to crowd. Yeah. So crew members will now be allowed to return to England um, for the Warner Brothers Studios Levin- Leviston mm. or Leavesden lot in Hertfordshire. Um, they grant several, so the government had to grant the films and TV productions to, um, you know, from following quarantine rules. Um, so I guess they still, they don't really have to follow the quarantine rules. I, okay. So what I'm seeing is that, oh, uh, but they do come with strict conditions, right? Like, yeah, like they're restricted. So they're restricted to a bubble environment where they can only live in close proximity of the production area and not leave the surrounding community. And so they, they, ha- they have to shoot. In England. Yeah, some of them they have to shoot in England. Um, I believe New Zealand is safely starting back with production for Lord of the Rings and Cowboy Bebop. Because New Zealand, if I remember correctly, there was only like two cases. That mm. was a, a two new cases of the coronavirus. And that was because two people came from London. And they stopped them like before they get out of the airport. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, I remember hearing that James Cameron... Uh, Jane Cameron's Avatar has already started production as they already flew back there maybe like maybe like a few weeks ago. Why did to, you mention that one? No one cares. <laughs> Look, it's culturally it's culturally relevant. <laughs> you know. No. Yes. 
I'm it's cu- I'm blue. Cu- it's blue people. I'm cur- I'm still curious about that movie. That sequel. are you? Because you hated the first one. I didn't. No, that's no, that's Airbender. I think we're talking mm-hmm. about that. No, I thought you hated Avatar. I didn't hate it. I thought this the okay. I didn't hate it. I did enjoy it. No lie, I saw it twice. The second time, I took my mother. I did enjoy it. I wouldn't rewatch it. <laughs> that's for sure. I would probably like watch a video to like re up on it or something like that. Okay. That'd be about it. But I, I'm I'm curious because. Cameron. There's a lot of like technology that goes into it, and James yeah. Cameron's like a good director. Yeah, he has he has a lot of credit. So, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm that's why I'm so curious about Avatar too. Got it. Granted, I'm not gonna go into the, throw myself into the arms of the coronavirus to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, other blockbusters. Let's talk about that. Hmm. In the UK, they've got the Batman, of course, and Fem- Fantastic Beasts three, which I don't give a shit about. <laughs> did you see the second one? No. I needed it. I watched the first one. I was really unimpressed. Yeah. So I, even want- I was actually angry. Oh really? Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like, I kind of feel like not very many good movies come out in November. Uh huh. And so, like, I was kind of excited. Like, even this year, I uh, was like, oh, Fantastic Beasts, I think it was going to be out on my birthday. Uh, and then when I thought about it, I was like, mm. I think Fast I think Fast 9 was supposed to come out on your birthday. No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, man. Wait, this year? Or next or last no, th- year? Yeah, this year. Before everything happened. I think Fast 9 was supposed to come out on your birthday. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Been having that movie a lot in my mind lately. <laughs> I know you have. Holy crap! <laughs> um, but also, we've got Jurassic World Dominion, Cinderella, and the Little Mermaid remake. Live action Cinderella musical? Didn't have that? Didn't yeah? I know. Didn't they already do that? I could have <laughs> swore they've already done a live action Cinderella movie. They did. Wow. Um. So yeah, they're starting things back up so you know we won't have to watch you know there was 2015 yeah <laughs> barely five years and they're already doing another mm-hmm. one Jesus. but it's sony Ugh. sony's like the new fox Ugh. still curious about that disney um the little mermaid remake that live action version so about that yeah i'm curious about it. my my daughter loves that movie that was one of my favorites mm. for me if i'm gonna rank them mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say Beauty and the Beast was my number one. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even like that live action version, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were just like I thought you kind of like forgot it, forgot it already as soon as you got done watching it. No, like I liked it, but it just it didn't quite follow mm-hmm. the, the original story, like the original Disney story. Mm. Um. So, but there were a couple of things that I thought were kind of weird about it, but mm. um. So you're you're ranking your. Disney cartoon. Yeah. Okay. So Beauty and the Beast was number one. Mm-hmm. And then um, The Little Mermaid. Okay. Followed very closely to that. Mm. And Cinderella was like almost equal to Little Mermaid. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you, you. You already know this, Kelsey, but I'm going to tell our listeners. When I was, uh, when I was a kid, um, we had a copy. My mom had a copy of Cinderella. 
like the one that's in the plastic case that's like almost like a bible mm-hmm. my mom had a copy and of it was that. like a puffy cover too yeah 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 so my mom had a copy of that movie we've had we had several disney disney movies i think we had like dumbo um remember we had sword in the stone we had robin hood the mm-hmm. the one with the foxes and, or the animals yeah. jungle book but for some reason i watched cinderella a lot mm. like over and over i do not no, Cinderella, Cinderella, it's Cinderella. Of the mice and then, I think there was it. Yeah. It was the mice and then the fucking cat. That was probably. I did like the. I did like the mice, like the fat one, the. Oh, Gus. Yeah, mm-hmm. you little fat fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we had Lion King, and I really like that movie, but for mm. whatever reason, it doesn't like stick out to me. Like I oh, love really? that. I still love that movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but for whatever reason, it never really like. Was like, oh yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh, let me ask you something. Did you cry when spoiler, spoiler, spoilers when Mufasa died? No. Did you? Were you just like, oh, that sucks? Or you just like, meh? I was no. It <laughs> did, like I was on the edge of my seat. Uh-huh. Like I was like really invested. Uh-huh. I know. Um, Cameron cried when she saw. So did she watch the 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 recent CGI one or the no no cartoon? no the the original one? Oh okay. She cried. Okay. And I don't know about Cadence. But well, I, Cadence has no soul. <laughs> Cameron went through a phase where she was crying at everything. Like, she'd be watching Dora and Benny would be stuck <laughs> in the fucking, uh-huh. like, taffy volcano or whatever. Yeah. And she'd be crying. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm just picturing Cameron crying like a, a packet of ketchup just falls on the ground. Doesn't it? So just... She goes... Man, just crying. <laughs> I, um, uh, oh, um, um, what's the... the that fucking dinosaur movie oh the land before time yeah okay she cried on that one too yeah i never a lot of people i've i've seen i've heard stories and people t- say that like they cried at the land before time where like the dad dies or, I, I i haven't seen that movie in years it's the mom yeah oh, it was the mom yeah the okay mom died. where the mom dies or uh lion king where mufasa dies i never cried at those scenes oh just like mm, that sucks <laughs> <laughs> so who's talking about who having no soul well, I mean, my dad wasn't around, so whatever. Didn't care. <laughs> You're it, but it's the mother that died in Land Before Time. Like, they were starving. Because mm. it was like... Well, maybe the mother should have ate the baby. <laughs> I mean, hamsters do that, or gerbils. And they get one of those star leaf things that they eat. And, like, it came and he found it. And he, like, laid it on top of her. Like, here, Mom. But she was already oh, dead. And no, he I'm like, going to cry. <laughs> and he, like, laid with her. And he's like, oh, Mom. Oh, now I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I I did kind of I <laughs> that that one movie. Uh, we're going like off a tangent. Fuck it. <laughs> um, uh, All dogs go to heaven. I used to love that movie. That movie I didn't kinda, even ma- didn't make me cry. That movie kind of fucked me up because they kind of like gave you the idea of like heaven and hell and shit like that. Uh-huh. And this is like when I was like really into the Bible and into like my Christian go- going to church and everything. Mm. There's like that part where where um, Charlie has his clock. That he's 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 at heaven he's in heaven with the with the with that that poodle dog or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like cranking it but he's like hiding it from her and she's like Charlie what are you doing Charlie what are you doing and he's like cranking it and the way how she screams and I'm like Charlie I was like oh it, it kind of fucked with me that movie gave me so much anxiety because uh-huh. everything is like high stakes in that movie yeah yeah like he's got this girl he doesn't want her and then he thinks she's cute and he really wants to save her like yeah he to and me, she almost dies like she almost like drowns right or something mm-hmm. yeah. And he dies saving her. But yeah. the thing is, like, 
my um I went through the whole emotional spectrum with that movie, and that's why Jesus. I like it. Because you're with this guy, he doesn't give a shit about anybody or anything, but uh-huh. he's like doing his own thing, and then there's this girl who's really fucking annoying, and you're just, but you kind of don't like him either, because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, God, you're kind of rude. Yeah. And then as felt- time goes by, you fall in love with them, and then at the end... Like yeah, I did find it sad, but mm. I like I just loved the movie. See, that's great storytelling. You like hate like I've always been taught that if you write a character that you that people will hate at the beginning, if you do not make that couple that character lovable at the end, you have fucking failed. Mm. And the fact that like you're because I remember that thinking that too. I was like that dude's a total dick. Like I feel bad for his friend the the winter dog. Oh yeah, I feel bad for him because I was like yo, this dude's like fucking using you as a doormat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at the end I was like, ah, right, he can go to heaven. It's all good. <laughs> He's a good boy, and then that, and then that girl like got an adopted family and everything. Which oh yeah, was really she got sweet. a family. Yeah, that was really sweet. Also, I think that's the first time I like the bob haircut. Who had the, the, the girl had the, the little bob girl? Hair? Yeah, she oh, had yeah. a bob haircut. It looks cute on her though. Yeah, and I love that, that mm. haircut. That's the first time I saw it. It's the first time I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of these movies are getting, <laughs> are slowly being put back in production. I read somewhere that like, oh, here we go. Uh, okay, so uh, culture secretary Oliver. Uh, Dowden. Dowden. Sorry, thank you. Dowden revealed in a press conference Sunday that he personally spoke with Mission Impossible star Tom Cruise about providing an exemption uh, for the for the production. And he sh- lived to tell about it. <laughs> yeah, and sh- after shooting for the latest entry in the franchise, I mean, he's he Tom Cruise can't get sick. He's Scientology Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, Plus, that's, he has to go to uh, space. Oh, he has to go to space. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that him and Doug Liman are actually working with SpaceX about making a movie in space. Mm-hmm. So I want to watch that. <laughs> Tom Cruise. I mean, I do too. But also, fuck that guy. But also, I still want to watch Cruise? it. Yeah. Oh come on! You you're not gonna you can't say fuck that guy after his resounding performance in Born on the Fourth of July. Jesus! Christ. I can't wait till we talk about that. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's it for the news. Yeah, that's it for the news, and we are going to move on to our geriatric cinematic number one of American Ninja. For 2,000 years, the sacred art of the ninja has been guarded in the East. Remember the day I found you. Now, it has come to the West. Remember what is hidden deep in your mind. He is the only soldier. Date of birth unknown. The only American. Who is he? Who is capable of defeating the secret Black Star Army. The mission to hijack a U.S. military arsenal. Your destiny, my son, awaits you. The adventure. The confrontation. This movie came out in 1985. And the synopsis is, American soldier, obviously very skilled in martial (laughs) arts, single-handedly takes on mercenaries in the Philippines. They don't look like they're from the Philippines, by the way. I I did not know it was in the Philippines. (laughs) I did. You could tell by the names on some of the signs. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, Yeah, I was just too busy laughing. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's directed by Sam Furstenberg. He did Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo in 1984, which I've never seen. Mm. And Ninja 3, The Domination. I gotta show you that one. That one's so stupid. That's (laughs) that's another canon film. So dumb. 
Um, written by Paul DeMilche. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> He's only ever written American Ninja. Uh, starring Michael Dudikoff. It sounds like duty cough. Like oh um, god, stop it with the poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but in all fairness, I've been thinking about it since yesterday or two days ago. I uh, watched it. Okay. Duty cough, like poop cough. <sighs> Steve James, Judy Aronson, uh, Gwich Cook, uh, John Fujioka, Don Stewart, and Tadashi Yamashita. Mm. Tada. Tada. So. <laughs> what did you think about uh, this movie? I still love this fucking movie. Oh my god. <laughs> this movie I saw this movie countless times growing up. It's on VHS. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the original VHS. My mom copied from like HBO. Um <laughs> I Okay, so I hadn't watched this movie. I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yet I remember beat for beat action for action i remember everything that happens right uh-huh. but one thing i one thing that always made me always bugged me about michael dudikoff like his look i'm like why does he look like that with like, the big fucking chin no like like the way he like stands there and like his demeanor and stuff i was wondering like what the fuck i found out why i found out why it bugged why it bugged me or what it reminded me of james dean oh, Here, okay. here's why Apparently the producers behind this movie they were they wanted to make this this movie and they wanted um what's the director's name uh Sam Fersenberg Fersenberg thank you they wanted Sam Fersenberg to get an actor who had that James Dean look they didn't do a good job well I mean we kind of had the James Dean stance and stuff like that like quiet shy guy not talking to anybody he was not he was kind of ugly though yeah I didn't find him attractive oh no he wasn't attractive at all no he was ugly you know (laughs) but he couldn't act worth shit either and his voice is very like (laughs) however like Jafar yeah right no you're talking about uh, not Jafar oh from the live action yeah oh yeah yeah definitely (laughs) Um, however still enjoy the action um now that uh, we've recently seen it, <laughs> you can just see all the problems with the movie. Like the the the, the, the overarching uh, mystery for the entire film. Mm. What is Joe's last name? <laughs> <laughs> There's this incredibly stupid line where, like, Joe rescues uh, Patricia. You know, the she's his, never gonna know. Yeah, she's <laughs> like he's she's like. So what's your name? He goes Joe. She goes, Joe. Just Joe? Just Joe? And it, on, his, on his shirt, it says Armstrong. <laughs> like, just read it. <laughs> um, d- despite of, despite of the, uh, the comical in- implication this movie has, um, I, I still like it. Like, I, the, 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 it's funny because like, we think of like, the story. And the, the, I, think, I think the thing that's most important about this movie, as in like, the story arc, is actually like, Joe's backstory mm-hmm. and where he comes from. That's why they had that in there. Because I don't think they thought it through that he, his last name was on his uniform. Mm-hmm. Because his backstory is he knows his name is Joe, but he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. So... That's why I think that's why they had that conversation, but no one thought about like yeah. he has his name on his uniform. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that like because the plot of it, it's it's not there. Like these ninjas, 
These ninjas are working with... Vato ninjas? No, no, no. The, uh, what's his name? Tadashi uh, Yamashita. Mm -hmm. He's he's, he's labeled as the Black Star Ninja. (laughs) (laughs) But Kelsey and I dubbed him the Vato Ninja. (laughs) Because he looks like he has a teardrop, like, right there. Oh, he looks so bad. Um, Yeah, like, these ninjas um, are, like, stealing these... this military equipment for like a black marketer and but like they don't really you don't find out until what they're stealing until like at the end and i guess it's a rocket launcher Mm. but like they don't say why is it important or like what's so special about this rocket launcher other than like the rocket launcher i can get from like gun gun mart or some shit (laughs) so it the plot is like super thin i think i think that the draw of this movie is just the bad acting and then the action. Yeah, this it's is like, like dumb action. Yeah, this is this is like a clear definition of like dumb eighties action. This is like the, the most fun you can have without Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I do, I do have to give it for Steve James because Steve James seems like to be the only one trying his best to like keep some type of acting. Yeah. In this movie. I really like Steve James. Um, he has another big pointy jaw, just like. You pointed that out, just, but you pointed out the pointy jaws. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like if they collide their pointy jaws, they would like start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't have a square jaw. So uh, the, the <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, the casting director didn't have their glasses on or something. Uh, and they're like, oh. This is this is what people want, right? You know, they want a, that they want that know, chiseled chiseled a chin, big jaw. Yeah, chiseled chin. So, <laughs> um, but uh, the, the the more important question is to Kelsey: What did you think about this movie? I like this movie. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Could you see how just stupid it is? <laughs> it is very stupid. Uh, but also, you know what? I'm very happy that they didn't keep the girl in the movie most of the time because she, I did find her very annoying. Yeah, she's not in it. Um, Judy, Patricia um, Heacock. Yeah, yeah, played by uh, Judy Ar- uh, Ar- Aronson. 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 Thank you, Judy Aronson. Yeah, she's not in it a whole lot. She like she's in it like like they rescue her. They they kind of they you can tell like the beginning they were gonna be like, okay, this is your love interest and she's in danger and that's gonna be like your main. Um, they're, t- they're telling this to Michael Dudikoff, like, this is going to be your main focus. You're going to be your driving point. But the thing is, you have to play this part like the grandfather from Heidi. I, I don't get that. I know Heidi. you don't. But in Heidi, you know, the Shirley Temple movie. Okay. Her mother gets rid of her and says, here, go live with your, your grandpa. Uh-huh. And he doesn't speak at all. And he's just really intimidating. And he's like, you sleep here. Uh-huh. And like. He's brutish almost. Uh-huh. And so it was like, you want, you know, we want you to act like him. Oh. You know, like brutish and quiet and okay. whatever. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. But in the, I have to tell you, though, the only oh. thing that they, they, um, they bond over mm. is him making cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Heidi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you, like, wasn't there like a cheese scene in a what? Wasn't there like some cheese talk in American Ninja? Was there? I feel like there's something because you said cheese. I'm thinking like a, do- a conversation they had about cheese or food or something like that. It, it, whatever it is, there's no chemistry there. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no chemistry there. They even like Dudikoff and even and Aaronson even go on a on a date, and it's just <laughs> like 
I guess there's supposed to be a love interest, but then as the movie progresses, there's a bigger bond between Michael Dudikoff and and Steve James. Yeah. There's like a brother bond yeah. there. Um, that seems to work out a whole lot better. Exactly. Um, this is like the reverse Bechdel test. Yeah. They didn't need her. <laughs> they did, I remember they did talk about it for like a split second. And then she like shows up at the end and... I, I think I think I think the part of the the part of the movie where like uh, we're gonna be skipping around back and forth and stuff, but the part where um, Dudikoff like rescues you know his love interest, picks her up, and then like throws her off the house and into like Steve James' arm. I think that kind of like cements like what they have for that character. Like you don't need women. You're a ninja. Like <laughs> <laughs> or like. All right, I saved your ass. You're fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And then he throws her down to his his friend, you know. Steve James. Who's like, he trusts him. So mm. like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking kill you because he's going to catch you, but mm. fuck you anyway. Yeah, there's a bit more. There's actually kind of a bit more chemistry between Steve James and Judy Ar- Aronson uh, with, like, with their scenes going back and forth. I, but that, that probably has to go to like Dudikoff's like inability to actually act because he has like almost no emotion whatsoever yeah the only time he actually like shows an expression is the beginning where they like they point a gun to his neck and they're like get the girl out of the car and he's like mm, you know like <laughs> wide eyes and shit they, they, it was like what <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> um what did you what did you think about the um okay well since the main thing is the action what did you think about the action uh looks kind of very white yeah <laughs> like usually you watch like a kung fu movie mm. all the motions are really crisp and like you know choreographed and this is very like slow and you can tell he didn't really have any training oh yeah he had no he uh absolutely had no training whatsoever before uh, before shooting this film um what's her name charlie stern puts him to shame Oh yeah, because she actually put in the work. And but see, that was like Canon Films. Like they were very low budgeted, and they couldn't, they couldn't really spend the money to get to have the actors properly trained for films like that. Even though in the eighties, like the action stars weren't even really trained that well. Mm. But I will say that it was fun because it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that scene where they were like, um, did, what did they say something about the merchandise? And you're like, which merchandise? Then? Oh, <laughs> you're talking about like when they're uh, when the when the the black marketer played by uh, what's his name Don Don Stewart, um, who was sh- he's like showing the goods and everything. Mm. And okay, this 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 is always this, this is always something that's funny with this movie that they have like a campground of ninjas, <laughs> like out in the open, like anybody flying a helicopter, they can just see all these ninjas training. It's funny because what I mentioned is they since they are all in groups and yeah. they're in the groups of their same color uniform. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like watching Wet and Wild, like <laughs> from Nickelodeon or like the, that Temple show. What was uh, it called? I know what you're talking about. It's they like a, had uh, Crag Rock at the end that you had to like try to climb up and. Oh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Yeah, and it also kind of remind me of uh, um, I don't know if you might be talking about what uh, Wild and Crazy Kids. 
That one. That that's the one. Yeah, they had like all those colored groups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the one I meant. I always looked at the colored ninjas, like the yellow and the red ninjas, as like belts. Like these are yellow belt ninjas, which means they're like only second level from like the bottom. <laughs> the red ninjas are like third or fourth level or some shit. Mm. And of course, it's the black ninjas because they're the coolest. Because they're the coolest, even though, and <laughs> they even had like the red ninjas that I felt like were the um were the red shirts mm. like from Star Trek. Because at one point, um the head or the vato ninja mm. wants to demonstrate how much of a bad he is badass he is to these buyers and he just like kicks their ass and then like breaks the neck of one of the ninjas like <laughs> it's like oh that's a cool demonstration you don't have to kill that guy but all right yeah that was a weird scene because we were like why did he kill him <laughs> yeah <laughs> it didn't make any sense mm-hmm. <laughs> um also that girl running around in her shoes there was one part that i thought that was actually kind of smart because uh she had she was walking around with those heels on yeah through the jungle and he broke the heels yeah well that was cool except mm. kind of not really uh. because the shoes still hold their shape so now you gotta walk on your oh, with on your the toes heels? pointed up yeah and they're still gonna see like the footprints and be like yeah that's a that's a woman's shoe right there <laughs> why you take the hole out there's the shoe print <laughs> like you might as well just have her run without any shoes on uh yeah yeah um Okay, so some of the dialogue was really super, superly ridiculous, as we mentioned about the name Armstrong's, um, Joe's last name, Armstrong. Um, okay, Kelsey, as someone who's been in the military. Oh, yeah, I remember the whole time, too. I was like, this isn't right, this isn't right. <laughs> Yo, so give, so give, give, us, give, give me your commentary, commentary on this. I remember there was one time where um, the colonel came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just fucking around. And I'm like, no, the colonel comes out mm-hmm. and someone like yells attention. Yeah. And then everyone stands at attention. Yeah. And they never did that at and all. And they never, I even gave you a demonstration. Yeah. Like even for, so there's like two different paths you can go when you're coming up in the military, right? Mm-hmm. You could start out as a private or an officer or whatever. Okay. But as you get higher up, you can go more towards like, um, you know master gunnery sergeant or whatever you can get to the like the enlisted side but as Mm. a leader or you can do the officer route okay and become like a captain Mm. um and so but they're they're you know they're really high up and either way you're at attention for the captain like the officer side or you're um you have to say I forget there's something that you have it's to like say a, when they come like, in. No, it's not officer. Well, on the ship, it's like officer on deck, but it's like officer in the house. I don't know. Officer in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you say something and you stand. Um, At attention, right? You call it parade rest. Oh, okay. For that one. And mm-hmm. then he'll tell you at ease. Mm-hmm. And then you stand like. With your hands yeah. still behind your back, but they're more lax. Yeah, the proper military stance. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you didn't see any of that. <laughs> you saw people running around outside without their their cover. They you it's a hat, but yeah. you they every, you call it a cover. That's okay. what it's called. Okay. And they were running around. They had fucked up hair. <laughs> like you are not allowed to have. Like you have to have a fade. Yeah. Like or or be completely yeah you gotta be properly trimmed like so is is, so this obviously this this whole thing took not the whole thing but some of it took place on a base um but it's in the philippines that doesn't like the rules don't become more lax over overseas they're not supposed to Mm, okay um i saw people (laughs) with 
their dog tags outside of their uniforms, which is wrong. <laughs> You're supposed to always have that shit tucked in. Uh, like, some people were just running around with their um, you, the, their pants, like their regular pants and their, like, shirts untucked? they call it a skivvy shirt. Uh, Not the shirt untucked, but the, what we call it, a blouse. Okay. On top of it mm-hmm. um, is gone. So it's just the skivvy shirt and the pants. Okay. Like, normally you don't take that off unless you're training mm-hmm. um and i don't know it was like like i know that there are things that like you know like my ex he was in the marines mm-hmm. and we would sit there and pick apart movies mm. but this one wasn't even trying <laughs> like like who cares how many stripes you have if you're like a corporal or whatever uh. but like what about the haircuts like uh-huh. like there's things that they were doing that just didn't make any sense like try a little bit <laughs> that's canon I, I, I bet you anything i bet you anything they did not have any type of military consultant or anything like that they're just like what did we see done in other military movies and let's copy that <laughs> and they did that <laughs> even like um you even mentioned that near the end the the what's his name the colonel um, he, you say he's not even wearing like a flat jacket. Oh, flak. Yeah. Flak vest. A flak vest. Yeah. He's not wearing a flak vest. Yeah. So like. And he's like the, the most important person like during that, that battle. Right. Also, he wears civilian clothes a lot. Um, yeah. You're supposed to be like wearing. I don't know. I don't know how it works when you're living somewhere else. Like mm. technically he lived there. Yeah. And it wasn't like... Well, he had a really nice house. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like a camp, right? But it was also like he had an actual house. Yeah. So it's not like everyone else should have been wearing flak vests and they weren't also. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm talking so, about like near the end when... No, I know I know that, but I'm saying like even in the beginning, uh, everyone was getting their f- shit fucked up because <laughs> they weren't wearing a flak vest. Uh, like no one had a Kevlar on either. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like the first the first action set piece, like the guys, they're just wearing like their t-shirts and like you say, their dog tags are out and everything. They're just getting like murked left, left and yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. Well, they deserved it anyway. <laughs> I think, you know, I think the story the moral of that story is mm-hmm. they were all national guard and they all <laughs> fucked up and went overseas yeah. to the philippines that's why which is ha- still an american territory that's why like every, that's why they had a truck stolen once a week yeah which made no sense because like one of them one of them says like they, we have a truck stolen once a week it's like wouldn't there be like an investigation going on like yeah. why is that happening <laughs> once it's so easily happening it makes me think of my older brother mm-hmm. okay because he was active duty for like i don't know eight or 12 years or something like mm-hmm. that and then he got out and he was in the national guard in pennsylvania okay and you get certain things ingrained in you mm-hmm. that when you go into another branch mm-hmm that has like different rules it doesn't make any sense to you and he was really bothered by the fact and i would be too that they wanted to have like family day like family day is common but it seemed Mm. like they always wanted to Mm. and they called each other by their first names what exactly see even i I mean i've never been in the military and even i'm just like that doesn't sound right like it took me and my ex like two or three months to not call each other by our last names, even though <laughs> really? we were dating. 
so like so like you would so you like come home and he would be like good evening loisel and and you would go like good evening martinez that's not his last name but you were like good evening martinez yeah <laughs> loisel would you like to go on a date with me yes yes martinez <laughs> i love you loisel i love you martinez <laughs> <laughs> so it's something like that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Um, okay, so... Oh, my God. One thing that I still... I, I, like, I, I mean, this is going to be like a labor of love for this film. Um, one thing that I still think is so pretty dope is that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I, st- I know, you were really into that. Hell, yeah. Like, even like... Even like at the beginning, it's funny because even at the beginning where it's like you see the title card, like American Ninja and like American Ninja and it goes like starring Michael Dudikoff and like shows Michael Dudikoff just riding in his car and everything, which kind of reminds me of MASH, like the intro to MASH and everything. Mm. Um, but you would just hear like, dun, 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 like the horns were blaring for Michael Dudikoff. Like, this is the hero. You will love this hero. Yeah. All American. All American Michael Dudikoff. But. You have to admit, the music will be playing, and then they have these weird sounds in the music. Oh, yeah. It, the musical cues were really fucking off. So it was like like this weird tingling, like, uh-huh. like, do 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 Mm-hmm. The black market guy. Where was he from again? Oh yeah, <laughs> was he? He's he was French. I uh, know he was French. Okay, but his accent was sometimes French, sometimes Dutch, sometimes Some, like Russian. Yeah, sometimes he sounded like he was like from South America somewhere. Yeah, it like it 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 kept rotating like. Which each type of like emotions he was trying to like, like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when you speak, it's afflection. He was each type of like different afflection or something like that. He would use a different type of like accent, and it was always like it was off putting, but it was still like comedic whenever that happened. I'm looking up Don Stewart right now. Uh huh. Literally, the only thing that's coming up is about a televangelist. What? Like he was a televangelist? I don't know if it's him. There's well, there's Don Stewart. We have to type in actor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got his IMDb page up. Okay. Uh, here we go. He's from Santa Barbara. Exactly. No, no I'm sorry. He's from New York. <gasps> no way. What was that? He was Mike Bauer in Guiding Light. I never. I never watched that. I take it you watched Guiding, Guiding Light. Yes, I did. Really. Oh, there he is. Right I there. told you about that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. You did. Tell- well, who's in Remington Steel? Also, holy shit! Holy crap! I know we are going through. We're going through. His- <gasps> he was, he was X- in Jag. I know he was in X Files. We're going through. His- like this dude's awesome now. I love Jag. <laughs> Jag was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Don Stewart is from New York, and I guess he was supposed to be French. So no wonder why we couldn't pin his accent yeah, down. Yeah, it was going all over the place. The only one who had like a legit accent was like the buyer. Who was like of uh, some like Spanish descent? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, legit buyer. Um, another question I have, it was really bugged the fuck out of me, was um, Joe's adopted father Shinyuki, mm-hmm. who was like 
I found you as a baby, and I named you Joe. I found you as a baby when you were six years old. Yeah. So this time, okay, all right, okay, let's 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 hold that. We we gotta talk about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So like, so Shinyuki like finds Joe as a baby. All right, and he's like, I named you Joe. Because that's the only name I knew of. But here I am speaking perfectly good English. <laughs> yeah, like perfectly good English. And like his accent is like in check. Yeah. And then like, but like they don't, it's really confusing because it's like, I found him as a baby. Like, did you find him like in a market and like yank his ass? <laughs> yeah, like they a, didn't really explain it. Yeah. But he said that he had amnesia because something happened to him. Yeah, because it was an explosion. That's the, the, the amnesia six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so like he he trains joe right okay so when they show him he's like what 12 maybe 13 when like they show him as a kid right yeah and then like the story the, how the story goes is like oh they found him in the jungles like they when they go through his military record they're like oh this joe armstrong cat um apparently it's not his middle name is joe t armstrong so i don't know what the t's for <laughs> um they said they found him in the jungle six years ago. He had amnesia. He went through some troubles, and he signed up for the military. Okay. He's 13. They found him six years ago. He went through some drug- trouble, went to the military. Mm-hmm. When they find him, he's 13. Six years goes by. Six years goes by, and he's 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You got to start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Shinyuki mm-hmm. said he found him when he was a baby when he was six years old. Okay. okay. He said that. Okay. Okay. Because he said he was six years old. Wait. Found, wait. You're not. Are you still considered a. You're more considered a toddler now, right? No. You're only a toddler till you're five. Okay. So. So he wasn't a baby. So he's like, yeah, I found you when you were a baby. You were six years old. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait. Stop. 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 Hold on. Okay, he found him. That's it. That, that, like, when you're six years old. Uh, okay, go on. I'm sorry. So he trained him uh, for another six years. Okay, so does that mean he's 12 then? Yes. Okay. And then he joined the military when he was 12. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. The explosion happens. Oh, when he's 12, the explosion happens? Yeah, the explosion happens when he gets the amnesia. And that's where, like, oh, yeah, we find him six years ago. Okay, so that means, okay, so then that means he's 18 when they find him. <laughs> <laughs> and let's say he does, like, a couple years. So let's say he's 20. He still looks like he's 30. Yeah, they did say it was a couple years ago that he joined the military. Yeah. So he is, yeah, 20. So he's supposed to be 20, but he looks clearly like 30 to 32. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I I always thought um, I always thought it was funny how movies in the eighties and nineties they had these teenage act these teenage characters or early twenty characters Starship Troopers. Yeah, and they were clearly like pushing thirty five or some shit yeah. like that. That's always hilarious. That's because they want to have sex scenes and get away with it. There was like no, well, there's no point. For that in this movie, <laughs> I know there's not, but maybe it's just a habit. You know, unless like, <laughs> unless him and Steve James got like a thing going well, on no. or whatever. You know, like here's the thinking: like, okay, uh-huh. you have to be between thirty and thirty-five. Mm-hmm. 
So one, you're definitely too old to be faking your age. <laughs> and also, just in case I change the script a little bit, <laughs> I don't have to recast you. <laughs> Is it just in case I want to include that sex scene? Just in case. But if not, we're good. <laughs> um so that was that was a huge question. I was just like, the age is not making sense whatsoever. Um, and then they start introducing like ninja magic. Oh yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> they didn't even have a cool name for it. I think it was supposed to be like Kaduka or something like that. I think that was supposed to something be something like that. But I mean, they didn't use that name. He mentioned mm. it once. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, if you if you know the hand gestures. Like fucking Naruto and shit like that. Oh yeah, that bong was because he hit the mic. That um, the hand gestures they did is like a very like Naruto kind of thing. Are you still laughing about that? I'm laughing about the dong because we're talking about ninja oh, magic. Oh shut up! <laughs> you think of a gong? Shut up! <laughs> I think you hear a couple gongs in the, in the movie too. Um, yeah, like at one point, like Shinyuki like turns invisible. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I was just like, what? Yeah, what <laughs> uh, you know, and then they have lasers. <laughs> yeah, Vato Ninja has lasers. He has like a flamethrower come out of his hand. Let's <laughs> just like, where does he put the pack for all that gas and fire and no, shit? No, because it's ninja magic. It's so stupid. They just... <laughs> They just start throwing. Sh- they start throwing shit like ninja stars. Bam, bam, bam. Speaking of, mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a parked truck, right? Uh-huh. And you're like... Why do they have like all of these soldiers <laughs> and three ninjas? <laughs> yeah, there's like all yeah, exactly. And then like Joe ends up on top of the truck anyway. He <laughs> there's like there was no cliff for him to jump off unless he like unless he hang glide down. Speaking of jumping, mm-hmm. there was a scene where all of a sudden you could tell like they didn't know how to start it or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was like towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. and like the ninja was jumping onto the roof, but you're like, where the fuck did he jump from? Exactly. There was like no ledge. He just like He didn't jump from a helicopter, nothing. He just <laughs> jumping onto the roof. Yeah, like he dropped down onto the roof, but there was no place for him to like drop from. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, you know. Like, <laughs> Another it- thing too is uh when when Michael Dudikoff is oh. hiding in that warehouse. Oh, and all they had to do was look up and they yeah, would have seen him? because it's, like, wide open. Mm-hmm. And, like, somebody's got to pay. Like, I pay a lot of attention to my surroundings because yeah. I'm, like, curious. Yeah. And somebody would have seen him up there, but they didn't fucking see him. Yeah, I mean, you don't... That's the thing. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to look look directly up because, like, when you see... When you're in a, this vast amount of space, you have this clear view of, like... What even is even like somewhat above you? So yeah, like like if you're on one end of the warehouse and you're looking towards the other end, mm-hmm. the ceiling is almost in your line of sight. Yeah, exactly. And he he wasn't hiding while he was trying to like walk at that empty space. Yeah, like clear view space. Oh my god. However, I still love that that last fight scene between Vato Ninja and Joe, mm-hmm. where they're in like it's actually. Kind of makes sense because when they introduce his uh, Joe's adopted father, you don't know it's Joe's adopted father. His uh, Shinyuki is like in like the water garden, mm-hmm. kind of like doing his thing, whatever. And then like the last battle between him and Vato Ninja, um, it's in the water. It's garden. in the water. Yeah, it kind of comes around full circle, I guess, because that's when like Joe's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a ninja." 
<laughs> as soon as you walk into the water garden, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy. <laughs> no, but I still, I, I, you can tell like that was like a. You can tell they were trying to emulate like classic like samurai or like Japanese style films with like especially anime, like fighting in the water and stuff like that because it looks cool. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Um, and I will admit, I, 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 even though that that fight scene is very short, I still like watching it. Cause it just looks fucking cool. Didn't then weren't there like a bunch of people who like fell off the cliff, like because you know their their land is flat and then there's like a big drop off. Yeah. And it, weren't we laughing at that too? Because they were falling funny. Yeah, because you can just like push them and they're just like oh, and then the sounds when they were dying. <laughs> Holy shit! When people when like these people get stabbed and like noses are thrown at them, they would do sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like me throwing up but that's how they sounded like <laughs> or pooping or poop <sighs> full stop full stop no not full stop <laughs> okay um okay so despite all like the comedic bad directing and dialogue i still love this movie i i uh, actually you know what after watching this and then getting prepped for the show, because I remember there's, I remember there was five. No, I remember there was four. I didn't know there was a fifth one. I remember seeing the first and second one, and then kind of watching the third one. And as I was going through the trailers for all five of them, I, I really want to watch all these American Ninja movies now. I, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna have my daughter watch them with me. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're just enough action to keep her entertained mm. and very little story to confuse her. We make her sound stupid. Oh no, no, like, like no, like my daughter's ten. She's but my like, daughter's a simpleton. She'll like this movie. No, what, no, I didn't mean to come up like that. <laughs> like, you know, I can't. Some of these, some some of these movies that we watched are kind of complex. There's like some really some some character beats and some story driven kind of dialogue. This one doesn't have any of them. So it'd be great for her just to be like, "Oh, dad, this looks cool." Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> I, yeah, so I I I love it. I actually can't think it still holds up. You do. Yeah, because it's so bad. So I will good. only believe you if you sing about being proud to be an American. No, we gotta sing that. Uh, I'm gonna save that for born for the Fourth of July. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a better better place for my my uh, musical debut. Okay, got it. So, what did you think? Do you think it still holds up, or you're just like mad? Um, I don't think it still holds up, but I also mm. it's still a good time. Like, it's yeah. in that weird thing where it's definitely dated. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely dated. Um, yeah. And it definitely doesn't hold up to anything we do these days. But, yeah, yeah. But it's still fun. Yeah, it's still it's still a fun watch. It's it's a great movie to drink and watch. We drank last night. We drank last night and the night. I can stop drinking. <laughs> um, Actually, yeah, because I had to go back out for alcohol. And I was like, oh, shit, we're out? Yeah, I got to stop drinking. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm. 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 I'm good. You wanna? Are you good on this? Yeah. Okay. Um. And now we're gonna do our variety time. It is Disney will start wars. Yes. Why do you think that, Mark? Okay, so Disney, um, they released this video 
Uh, we'll put the link on on the show notes. They released this video of this technology that they're doing. It's called high-resolution neural face swapping for visual effects. Um, so this is this is an article from Engadget. Um, in it, uh, the Disney Research Studio outlined uh, like utilizing pr- progressive algorithm training, stabilizing technology. Uh, sorry, stabilization technology and lightning effects to achieve thoroughly convinced face swapping results. Um, <clears throat> If you folks have been on the internet, you have noticed the rise of deep fake videos. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are obviously bad. Um, there is a channel on YouTube, I think it's called like deep fake underscore or something like that, where they take classic film scenes and they put different actors in it and their faces. Like they're, they did this really great one of The Shining. Yeah, I they, remember that one. They, re- they replaced Jack Nicholson's face and put Jim Carrey's. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's still the same, dialogue and the action and all that kind of stuff, but the face is just different. Mm-hmm. And some of it, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. Other than that, other than like, oh, that's Jim Carrey. But if you didn't know that was Jim Carrey, you would think, oh, that's just a guy playing this character. Yeah. So Disney is, um, they're working to perfect this. And it's kind of terrifying because we are in a society where we people... Not Kelsey and myself, because we're not stupid. We'll look at a meme, a Photoshop, an obvious Photoshop meme, and be like, that's real. Mm-hmm. And then go crazy off of it. What scares me is like, even though my kids are 9 and 12, mm-hmm. they'll watch a commercial and immediately be like, wow, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. The marketing. They're doing their job. No, but they're like really fucking dumb when it comes to commercials like they're really <laughs> okay they're annoying every single commercial mm. the ones that show up for like the little pocket razor for like the girl's lip hair mm. like i don't know why they're interested in that shit mm. and so my point is you have kids who believe in every single commercial yeah. everything is real everything is gonna work the way they say it's going to yeah they're gonna believe everything they see with like this type of technology too. Yeah, and as they grow up, if they get older, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this is normal. That I'm supposed to see this," you mm-hmm. know. And this, like, I mean, this is Disney, like, just doing the research. But can you imagine, like, governments and other organizations getting a hold of this technology? Because well, we live in a world where you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, that's pretty Especially much. Especially if you're black. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So you can like. Somebody can take like this video deep fake, let's say Barack Obama, and it, it'll be him saying, you know, because the technology to like manipulate people's voice to like say what you want to say is there. Mm-hmm. You can have him say something like, you know, African Americans rise up and kill all white people. And then all Mac people mm-hmm. are like, oh, shit, they're coming for us. Or you know? just saying a Muslim prayer because everyone swears he's fucking Muslim. Exactly. All you got to do is give them that little nudge, that little nudge to to feed into their suspicions and their fear and they fucking run wild with it. And some of this, some of it, some of it is, it is obvious that you can see like, it's like a little off, Mm -hmm. but some people just, they don't catch that. They are just like, no, this is, this is real. Yeah. Um, uh, so with Disney, what they, what they are doing, which makes their different, their efforts different from other companies that are kind of doing this technology is that they're focusing on megapixels. Um, it says traditionally deep fake technology has focused on smooth facial tra- transfers that is making he- that that is making a face look like a face on a face rather than the nitty gritty details of an image. So they're 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 finding a way 
to perfect the technology. So they're actually trained. I think they're training mm. the algorithm. Like they're, they're training whatever face they're using um, to, to talk. Mm. So I guess they like they do it like a certain number of times. And the more they do it, the more it learns how to move pro- appropriately. Yeah. Um, but then they're also, um, yeah, like you said, using stabilization technology mm. so that the lips don't quiver, you know, or the lighting's like, just right. Yeah. Um, and then they blend it mm. so that it looks more authentic. Yeah. There has been some cases of, of Disney already kind of using this. Uh, for example, uh, Carrie Fisher and Rogue, uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a young Carrie Fisher for the Princess Leia scene. Um, and remember, we did a story about how they're taking like James Dean, oh yeah, and they're putting him into a movie that's that was never completed. Exactly. Which is weird. It is weird. Like, there's no reason to do that. Absolutely. I mean, At first, th- I didn't. I remember I didn't really see a problem with it. Yeah. Like, if you want to watch something like that, you know, for your nostalgia or whatever. And mm. I think everyone's kind of too old to have nostalgia for him. <laughs> but anyway, but uh. um. No, the, the it's wrong. Like I see, it's totally fucking wrong. Yeah, I mean, not only like in that sense, but like let's let's just say straight up into the the business side of film, there are thousands of actors and actresses thirsting for like their chance to be the next um, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, uh, Chidiwell Ford, um John Boyega. You know, stuff. They're they're they wanted to be the next actor. Mm-hmm. The, the next it, the guy. next Denzel Washington, the next Denzel, the next it guy, the next it girl, but Hollywood a studio is going to be like, well, we own the likeness of Marilyn Monroe. Let's just go ahead and just put her in another movie. We don't cost us shit other than just to put her just to, to, just for the technology. Mm-hmm. All that money that, all that money and headache of negotiating the contract with these people, we don't have to do that because we can just take someone out and put them right here in the movie. Yeah, and that. Actors and actresses are just losing their jobs. Then no one will have to worry too about um, appropriating like, what, cultures. Yeah, because you're basically putting a technology in place of mm. like it's better, but it's also not better mm. because it's not authentic either oh, yeah. way. But like you can't say a robot is culturally appropriating <laughs> an Asian role because. It's not white or I don't I don't I wouldn't go as far as that because you can still say the studio is appropriating a culture. The studio is, but yeah. the the actor itself. Yeah. Gotcha. I can yeah, that makes sense. Like somebody came out and said something there in some kind of show. I forget what it was. There was like a woman who came uh, an actress who came out. Now I can't remember what it is. Mm. But she's like, oh, I've oh, oh. Halle Berry is going to play a transgender role. Yeah, that's not necessary. That's what I'm talking about. Like, there, there, are, there are trans actors and trans actresses or transgender people who are in Hollywood who are in these roles. Like, you don't really need Halle Berry. Yeah, like, she, I like the one from um, Euphoria. She's awesome. Who, um, did that? Oh, oh, what's that, what's that other girl's I think name? Hunter. Yeah, like her. Oh, okay, so um, there's a movie that kind of covered this. It's called The Congress. Robin Robin Wright plays, um, she plays an actress whose likeness is taken and just put into a film. Mm-hmm. And they kind of cover this 
this whole thing. It's, it's like an animated drama. They kind of do like this whole thing. And it's kind of fucked up because you see this and think, nah, that can't be possible. Well, Disney's, Disney's slowly making that shit possible. Exactly. Very terrifying. What's, what's, what, I know I've been saying it's terrifying, but what do you, what do you think of this? I think it's terrifying in thought, mm. but I don't think it's terrifying when you think about how long it's going to take to really perfect it. Mm. And also, um, I like there are so many things that have been invented over the years that mm. haven't been taken advantage of to the scale that people are terrified of. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just not sure how that's going to get. What with this, te- this type of technology? Yeah, I don't. I just don't know how far it's gonna go. Mm. I think I think it is gonna get worse because that's something that they can really take advantage of. There was a, there was something I saw. I can't remember where I saw it, uh, on what show I, I was watching, but um, it was a character. They had said this really interesting bit of dialogue. It said, "Humanity, humanity is known for inventing." things we love to invent things we love to create things and perfect them and then we will turn it around and weaponize it mm-hmm. same thing let's say like the like the the atom bomb that sounds like um iron man <laughs> yeah exactly um like the atom bomb um turn technology uh, i forgot the, i forgot the creator of the atom bomb but she doesn't like having his name put on it but he created this technology and they're just like all right let's turn it into a weapon yeah. Let's do that. So you could, so, and this is, I don't mean to say something cliche or what Trump supporters like to say, but this is a case where like the media can be weaponized. Yeah. You know, they can turn something that's completely fake and then start a fucking war. They could, except that I don't know. I, there's a, there's a difference between making something look real mm-hmm. and then being able to cover up all of the little data points mm, when you're true. editing too like yeah the metadata yeah um there's always going to be metadata there should there, there should be like some fail safe to shit like that to make sure that this it doesn't reach at this level but then again they haven't been able to get a handle on piracy shit you know that's true so i mean yeah maybe, um, maybe like some legislative clause made or something like that that this technology will never be used for such such and such and such or whatever yeah, but then guns get stolen on a regular basis, you know. Yeah, that's true too. Fuck. But well, I'm just saying the metadata, though, mm-hmm. like it's, you get people, you ha- you have teams to verify. So the government's never going to collapse based on a video that looks like something. Mm, that's true. Because the metadata won't support it. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Disney, but oh my God, for us, oh shit. <laughs> You know, the House of Mouse was the downfall of humanity. <laughs> There's been a lot of jokes about the House of Mouse is like the fall of the civilization. Yeah, maybe I'd be joking for too long. <laughs> All, All right. right. So now we will go into our geriatric cinematic number two. I wanted to be a good American. I wanted to serve my country. I couldn't wait to fight my first war. We got him! We got him! Oh, Your brother's a hard worker, Tommy. Win or lose, school, sports, life. As long as you do your best, 
That's what matters to God. First off, young men, let's get one thing straight. There is nothing prouder as a United States Marine. Our dad's got to go to WW2. This is our chance to do something. You should think about what you're doing. You could get yourself killed. Did you ever think about that? Help me, Jesus. Help me to make the right decision. Sometimes I just like to stay here and never leave. But I gotta go. 13,000 miles. It's a long way to go to fight a war. Don't you know what it means to me to be a Marine, Dad? Ever since I was a kid, I've wanted this. I wanted to serve my country. I want to go to Vietnam. I'll die there if I have to. Born on the 4th of July, and it came out in 1989. And this synopsis is uh, the biography of Ron Kovic. Paralyzed in the Vietnam War, he becomes an anti-war and pro-human rights political activist after feeling betrayed by the country he fought for. Directed and written by Oliver Stone. He did Natural Born Killers, Any Given Sunday, and Evita. Uh, stars Tom Cruise, Brian Larkin, Raymond J. Berry, Caroline Cava, Josh Evans, and like all of the Baldwins. Steven, William, Daniel. They all pop up here. Except there. for Alec. Except for Alec. Alec was actually busy acting. Wait, and this came out in, what, 89? Mm-hmm. When did Beetlejuice come out? 89, I think. Maybe he was busy doing Beetlejuice. Yeah, maybe. Well, either it was 89 or 88, because Batman, Batman came out in 89. And Be- Beetlejuice came out before that. So. so I think it was 88. Yeah. So, uh, before we break down this movie I just want to sing some very powerful words for our 4th of July weekend and I'm proud to be an American don't look at me well at least I know I'm free <laughs> I can't do it <laughs> won't forget the man who died who gave this life to me and I'm gladly stand up with my Ford big truck alright <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that okay. was by my request. That was by your request. Oh, God, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, all right, Kelsey. So, <laughs> what did you what did you think about this this good feel good romp of a film? Oh man, <laughs> it was pretentious. Oh, it was, yeah, pretentious as shit. Uh, there were some things that I could kind of wrap my head around as far as what he was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying that I really find it irritating that this film and all the others, when someone comes home from home from war, mm-hmm. they're always really fucking angry. Mm-hmm. Always. And that's just not the case. And mm-hmm. also, like, like, usually, like, you can be annoyed or whatever. Like, I remember my ex came back from the millet from uh, overseas the first time. And it took, like, maybe a week for us to settle back in together. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a little annoyed sometimes. Yeah. Because you have to get used to being in a relationship again. Um, and also, I realized, it was funny, I was very comfortable sleeping with him at night. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, I was like, why is this person in my bed? <laughs> like, I got so used to sleeping alone. Mm-hmm. Um it's just not how, like, it's just really annoying. Like, you would kind of think that the person would understand how the other people are feeling around them. Like, mm-hmm. you know people are going to be concerned about you. Mm-hmm. you. Let them get it out of their system. Like, even though it's not what you need, mm-hmm. like, let them do it because 
they're never going to fucking stop if you don't. Yeah. And then set up your boundaries. Like, okay, we've yeah. had this talk already. Like, mm. and you're talking about particularly the scene where Tom Cruise gets home, right? Yeah, and like he gets home from the hospital. Yeah, from from Vietnam. Yeah, and he's like, you know, everyone's like surrounding him, and they're like talking to him a little too much, and you could tell he's. I mean, he's kind of annoyed. I don't think his character was. His character was, like, super, super angry, but he did evolve into a very angry person, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a little more authentic, but I don't know. It was kind of... Tom Cruise did not fit that role very well. No, he did not. He did not. And, like, he was nominated for um, for a, uh, a Best Oscar. A Best uh, Oscar? A Best Oscar. I'm <laughs> sorry. He was nominated for... Um, he was nominated for an Oscar for uh, Best Actor. Yo, he overacted the shit out of this movie. I could not take him seriously. His eyebrows were too much yeah. for me. His eyes, like, I, I, I get his character supposed to be intense, but his eyes were way too intense. Like, he was always, like, just kind of stare at you. Yeah. You know, that kind of, like, Scientology psycho kind of look like, you're going to join this religion? Yes or no? you going to do it or not? <laughs> you know? I know what happened to Miss Cabbage's wife. <laughs> yeah, she's... I will me. never tell. <laughs> exactly. So his, his acting was just bonkers. It was so fucking funny, too. Like, I mean, just kind of give you guys a heads up. When we were watching this movie, we were drinking. We were fucking drinking. And... That's the only way you can really watch it and have, really like, the best time. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't know. I, I honestly, um, I had never... I actually, actually, actually had never seen this movie beforehand. It always been on my radar. And I was like, well, let me just check it out. But I understand a lot of the references that this movie's this movie gave out to like jokes and stuff like that about like the overacting or how Tom Cruise looks ridiculous in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I was like, it can't be that crazy. It can't be that crazy. No, (laughs) they were like, they, they weren't overacting. They, they weren't, they weren't even over exaggerated. It was like pinpoint accuracy. Yep. The way how Tom Cruise was acting. And that, and I just, they, okay. So the other thing is their use of wigs without the use of, Makeup. Aging makeup. Oh yeah, the wigs were horrible. Like, okay, like for me, mm-hmm. I have a really hard time recognizing people sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think all white people look the same if they're blonde mm-hmm. or like whatever. So I can kind of get behind the whole logic of let's not spend a lot of money on makeup. Yeah, but I guess maybe that's not entirely true <laughs> because this movie should have done that because I totally could tell the difference between everybody except yeah. two of the actors kind of looked alike. Oh, like were they his Tom Cruise's friends or yeah. something? Like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't know their names, but I'm picturing what you're, what you're referring to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those wigs are horrible. Holy shit, Tom Cruise like. He wears like he has his regular hair before going to war, and when he comes back, he's his hair is supposed to be like a little bit longer and thinning. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, could Tom Cruise not grow out his hair? I, well, I know Tom Cruise grew out his hair. We've seen him with long hair. Now I know why it bothers me. Why? There was something that it, my brain was trying to make a connection with his hair, where it's kind of bald on top but long and wispy in the back. Yeah. It made me think of the Crypt Keeper. Oh shit. <laughs> He went to he went to war as Tom Cruise and came back as the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but before his hair turned white. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, this movie reminded me a lot of um, 
that uh, conversation between Robert Downey Jr.'s character and Ben Stiller's character in Tropic Thunder when Ben Stiller is talking to Robert Downey Jr. and it's like, hey, I got this, I did this role as like this handicapped kid and everything, and I was nominated for an Oscar, but I didn't get it. I don't understand it, blah, blah. And then Robert Downey Jr. does just does the famous you never go full retard when you'd make a movie, you know? And this is like, this is, this is a case where it's like, you never go full schizo or you never go full, whatever the fuck Tom Cruise was doing this movie because he would do this thing like that part where he was doing the Uh pull-ups and he was kind of like, his eyes were going left and right. Like he was blind. Like if he was fucking Stevie wonder, all of a sudden just, that just (sighs) reminded me of something we forgot to mention in the other movie. What an American Ninja. Uh What the one guy shooting. Oh, <laughs> oh! It's like shooting, but there's no, there's no. There uh, were no bullets yeah, coming no, out. And he yeah. was just moving back and forth all fast. Yeah, like, no fire that's not how anything. you shoot. Yeah. Um, and this is like a, this is Oliver Stone at Oliver Stone, Dutch, unnecessary Dutch angles, mm-hmm. fucking red lighting all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was like, hit you over the fucking head. Oh. Like super patriotic. Oh, and what's a uh, jinguistic? I always have problems saying that word. Um, that type of feel and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only performance that I actually do I actually did enjoy was William Defoe. Mm-hmm. William Defoe came off very authentic. He did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't like to. It's always like you always in movies like this you have like a friend who was overseas and they come back mm-hmm. too when they're different than you are yeah and i always think that's kind of true in a way but it's always annoying how they do it mm. um because he had friends who came over and like they hugged and everything but then they were like not seeing eye to eye on stuff and i honestly wasn't sure that that even needed to be in there you're talking about the hip the the friend who was like fuck the war and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah i think like that i think that would have been a great opportunity for tom cruise's character and that character to kind of like really go back and forth about like their discussions about because tom cruise comes off as very like i went over there i fought blah 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 and I would do it again and all that kind of stuff. And the other friend just like, no, like, this is completely wrong. We got fucked over. And it would have, because Tom Cruise seemed like he was always fighting with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was like he was like punching in every single direction, never hitting anything. Mm-hmm. And it was really annoying because I was just like, dude, now you're, now you're, just, sh- you're just, I feel like you're just shouting at me now. In between that, then you have him seeing fucking prostitutes to <laughs> see if his dick still works. Uh, like, there's so much stuff in there that's personal to Roy Kovic, mm-hmm. right? Like, not every vet loses their legs or is paralyzed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I just, I don't, he wants everyone to know how great of a human being he turned out to be. Yeah. Like, but he had to go through all these trials and tribulations to get there. But if you really need everyone to know that badly... Mm. Are you really that good of a person? I think they were trying to say that, but if they were, it was just like very sloppily done. I don't think they were trying to ask the question of, are you that good of a person? But I Uh, think they were trying to make him look really good. mm. 
And I'm saying, though, in real life, you're not that good of a person if you have to write an entire story trying to tout yourself that way. And um, he was like, I know he's the main character in the story, but like, it's a very egocentric type movie. Mm. You know, like, mm. everything's about him. Even, like, if if you were that great of a person, you'd want a story like this to come out so you could show what it's like for other vets. Yeah. And it seems like, no, he just wanted to tell his story. Yeah, I got that sense, too. Yeah, like... I don't know, like... I, it, like, it was kind of weird because, like, the... um what's it called like the act like act one act two you know the rise of the hero the fall of the hero the hero mm-hmm. picked himself up like i didn't it's weird i didn't really get that whole kind of three act structure and i'm not saying like every film should be following a three act structure if you're going to kind of break that three act structure the whole the rise and fall and everything like that you, if you do it well you, you've done a great job you've like broken the mold but like this was just kind of like a constant like shouting fest from Tom Cruise's character mm-hmm. about i'm a hero you're a piece of shit i'm a hero you're a piece of shit even though when he turned into like more of a, a human rights activist and an anti-war activist that didn't happen till the very end yeah and it was still like i'm still shouting at you about this yeah it was weird yeah i don't know <laughs> but, like and then his eyes the, that's the thing too about his eyes and how he was moving made me think of interview with the vampire yeah he kept doing he has that look that kind of like like tilt back yeah like looking and like his eyes were wide and crazy Uh, and he would tilt his head and uh, all kinds of stuff it's it's really weird how like probably brad pitt would have been better in this movie i can picture that but he is he he been too good looking tom cruise is good looking Mm, no but he would have been more um i don't know tom cruise is very feminine at that age (laughs) yeah Brad Pitt would have been more manly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, trying to think of some one thing that. Oh, so yeah. When when we were watching this movie, I did. I remember I did tell Kelsey about this. Um, I felt like this story about like a person going off, uh, like the 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 story of a character before the war, during the war, and after the war, and like the trials and tribulations that they face, like at the war and after coming home i think like a better example of this was in dead presidents mm-hmm. i i believe those i believe not only the main character but the other character story as well as like their struggle yeah was more authentic this was more just like like kelsey said me 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 mm-hmm. you know he went to he went to war with his, his some of his friends and like we never see them again <laughs> we see like one of them and even he like pops in the um What's the actor's name? I just f- pulled it up. Uh, Frank Frank Whaley played Timmy. Mm-hmm. He like shows up at one point out of nowhere, helps him, and then he's like gone again. Yeah. And there's even like this really great plot. This was, I think this would have been a really great area to explore. It's that scene where like Tom Cruise gets home and he sees his friend who didn't go to war who decided to open up his own burger joint and how successful that burger joint was. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been like a great like conflict between him and Tom Cruise. Because we could have really seen, like, the differences. Like, he fought for his country, and he lost his legs. This dude is essentially what the country is about, capitalism, and one up on top. I think they kind of did 
they did and it hit me kind of hard and i don't know that you might that you got it the same way i did but he was like hey you know like i love you bro come work with come work for me yeah he like he made it sound like he wanted him to work with him as a partner mm. and even he was like yeah you like you want me to be a partner and he's like well no you gotta start at the bottom you know mm. and you know you gotta be a cashier but maybe one day you'll be like a manager mm. and then that's when i was like oh shit like he's really not worth anything mm. that's the thing i i think that could have been explored a little bit more because it seemed it seemed like that happened way too fast yeah they could have explored it a little bit more yeah um I, yeah so like they made it seem like he felt like he was living on an island mm. as opposed to whatever the issues actually were. Mm. Like, I felt like we were living in his mind too much. Yes. Yeah. We saw too much of what was going of what was going on with him and not what was going on around him. Mm-hmm. Like the people who was affected. Except the, like things that were happening. That, that to- con- except for that conversation with him and his mom, which <laughs> we'll do later. <laughs> I don't want to give a, give away the ending. Um, I think that they... I mean, yeah, you have to be with him. It's, and, and they did show us a lot, but they did so much close-up mm. that it was, like, all him. Yeah. And we weren't getting a whole lot of it, what was happening to him, only how he was reacting to everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like you said, he was shouting all the time. Yeah. So, like, cool. So, why is he shouting? Like, you don't get a sense of, like, mental instability. You get a sense of, I'm a dick. Yeah, yeah. Like, I- and I'm self-centered. Yeah, which doesn't make you really feel too sorry for the. I mean, you do because he lost his legs, but at the same time, you're just like, yo, dude, you're, you're fucking dick, man. Yeah. And then there's that one scene in the bar where he fucking hits up hits up your girl. What's, what was the actress's name? The 15-year-old girl. Oh, oh, oh. Holly Marie Combs? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's in a bar and he like, starts talking to... What's in Holly Marie Combs, right? Holly Marie Combs, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like... What the fuck? That's the girl from Charn. She's what? Like 14, 15? Yeah, she's 15 when this movie's being shot. Yeah. She was it, born in 73. So it like, so we see that the dude is, I don't, I don't want to say he is, but he's possibly a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Because we got that, but it's like, is that his first time approaching a little girl? It was, it was gross. Yeah, it was, it was really gross. It was fucking gross. I was just like, yo, I'm just losing all respect for this guy. Yeah. It just, was really, he, she's so young, she reminded me of iCarly. Oh, really? Yeah. I can see that. So, yeah. Um, you know, he was born on the 4th of July, the, the day of independence that we all celebrate the great country that we live in. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a great allegory for what our country actually is. <laughs> Self-centered our, and shouting at everything all the time. Okay. I was thinking about this earlier today. Our country likes to think that we're American Ninja. Okay. <laughs> but in actuality, we are born on 4th of July. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I will give credit to Oliver Stone is the hospital scenes where he's in... When he's recovering, mm-hmm. um, as um, the hospital scenes get worse and worse as time goes on, mm. to the point where he's like pissing and shitting on himself, and he might like lose his leg and stuff like that. Yeah, that was really horrifying because I've read stories about shit like that and how the government just like said fuck the veterans, yeah, or, you know, and just d- start taking money away. Yeah, so that part was really actually terrifying to me. That I, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. That whole 
but that I feel like section. they could have explored that a little more even yeah because can, I didn't get that like I because I'd never read any of the horror stories of I don't know what happened mm. for like for real I don't know yeah so if you want people to know don't just make it like a little tiny takeaway scene mm. where he just gets angry at some fucking nurses for trying to help him out like yeah yeah like because you can see like a disintegration of like like when he first comes in like the hospitals are like clean they, he's getting the best care all these doctors are watching him watching him making sure that maybe he might walk in maybe he won't and all that kind of shit and then later on he's just like I've been staring at my own vomit for three hours someone help you know and all that all that kind of stuff and the machine's not working to like pump his shit out or whatever it was in his leg like um it's to pump out the the oh, like the dead blood or whatever mm-hmm. yeah that's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. So, yeah. Oliver Stone won an Oscar for for this film. Best director. Um, from my understanding. And, okay. So, the film did win for best editing. I will give the editing credit. Mm-hmm. It is some great editing. Um, but you can tell this movie was like Oliver Stone saying, give me an Oscar. Yeah. You know, this is like. This is 1990s Green Book. Like overacting, like mm. uh, everything was over dramatic. Like, I yeah. don't know. You could tell it was like, yeah. And it, it reminded me a lot. It, there was one thing I did, it reminded me of was like, it was like kind of like the white savior in black films. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. But this is like the veteran savior. Like, he's the righteous. Like, there's that part of the movie near the end where he's at that protest. And like all they, it doesn't make it really doesn't make sense at all. They're at the protest. He loses like the person who's like pushing him around or whatever. Then he find then like he gets up like back in the wheelchair. Someone pushes him and they like get together like they huddle mm-hmm. like a fucking football. And he like takes the lead like we're gonna do this. We go like this and then we're gonna go like, all right break. And like, then, like who put him in charge? Like yeah, it, yeah. It was really weird. It's a very it's a very self centered movie, like you said. It is, and, and none of it's earned. Like, if he if he's in charge, mm-hmm. what put him in charge? Like, yeah. how did he get there? Yeah. Then he then no one was just like, oh my god, that guy is mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. I he looks really fucking American, <laughs> like the most American. So he must be like super uh, patriotic and trustworthy. Yeah. I'm gonna follow that guy. Yeah, and Oliver Stone. He this is Born for July is considered his second installment, and was called the. I think it's called like the War Trilogy. No, it's called the Vietnam War Trilogy. The first is Platoon. I'm sorry, Platoon. Platoon is good. And then he does this, and then the third one's Heaven and Earth. I think he was trying to win an Oscar with Platoon, didn't get it, and he was like, "All right, second chance." Born of July. And Oliver Oliver Stone was in Vietnam. He was like a reporter during the Vietnam War. Um, so I got a sense he got like a hard on oh, for yeah. this type of story. Yeah. I mean, and it worked to his advantage. Like I said, he won an Oscar for Best Director. But watching it, it was came out, what, 89? Watching it, like, what, 30 years later or something mm-hmm. like that? It's just like... It was funny. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it seems more funny than anything. It's supposed to be serious, but, yo, we're, like, cracking up at some of the shit. We're just like, come on. That's, that's a little extreme. <laughs> you know? Do you want to bring it up now? Like, that one scene? Uh, no. The penis scene? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to say what he said, because I'm going to use it at the end. 
<laughs> yeah, there's that scene where like he yells at his mom and he's and she he just he well, she's super religious or whatever. You can mm-hmm. tell like even when he's a teenager growing up in high school, she doesn't want him having a Playboy magazine. Yeah. Or whatever. Like that's normal shit that boys should be experiencing on their own. Yeah. And like you could tell like I don't know, I almost what flashed through my mind is that that's how serial killers are made. Oh, sexually, sexually oppressed and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. And so that's, for whatever reason, a different movie was going to play out in my head. <laughs> it could have ended with him being a serial killer or some shit. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Mm. So um, it, it comes back later, and they end up with this huge argument, and it's over the dumbest thing. And she just kicks him out. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be like a hard hitting emotional like confrontation between Tom Cruise and his mother, but it's it's anything is more funny it's funny than anything else. Yeah, it was hilarious, and penis. also I really hate his mother. Mm-hmm. She he used the word penis. It's so penis. funny. It's all hilarious. Um, all right. So after like watching the breaking down, I, yeah, this film does not hold up. I say it does not hold up at all. Oliver, there's a bunch of other Oliver Stone films that are really great. This is like, this is what's it called? Trying too hard. It's trying too hard. Too it's a it's a straight up like Vietnam. I'm I'm revealing the truth of Vietnam. Stroke job. Yeah. What did you think? Same. Same thing. Yeah, I don't. I know American Sniper is problematic. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that one hit me so hard. I actually cried during that one because mm. there were so, a lot of things that that one did right. Yeah. If you're going to do a military movie based on how someone feels. Mm. And the, like this one didn't do the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't seen Born 4th of July or if you have seen Born 4th of July and you're like, well, tell me something else that's better than this. You can say Dead Presidents. I think Dead Presidents is way better than this. You just shortened Born on the 4th of July the second time you said it. What? You said Borf of July. Yeah, Borf. Yeah, because that's how I felt like after watching. I felt like borfing all over the place. <laughs> I think because I looked at my notes and I I I uh, use acronyms. It's called it. What's it called? Bofoja. Oh, uh, Bofoje. Yeah, Bofoje. Bofoje. <laughs> you want to see something better than Bofoje? <laughs> you go. Oh, that kid wants to see something different. He's screaming about it. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch Dead Presidents. I think Dead, Dead Presidents tells a way better story and emotional, and the music is way better, too. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. Anything else? Be done. Be good. Anything else we're going to That's it. That is it for this week's episode, folks. We hope you uh, actually enjoyed your 4th of July. Um, didn't blow off your fingers or anything like that. Oh, quick side note. Tom Cruise, born on 4th... Oh, sorry. Born on 3rd of July. <laughs> William Dafoe, born on... 3rd of July. Really? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't sing Young American. Young American. No, because Bowie hates that. He would hate that shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, oh, so who... Actually, here's the, here's the question. Who do you think... Did captured, it ...captured the America fuck-yeah spirit? Definitely American Ninja. <laughs> <Jeff. laughs> <laughs> That's way funner, more funner. That, fun, that movie was way more fun. It was funner. It was funner. I would have to agree. Love American Ninja. I will re-watch American Ninja. Born on for Buffalo J? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank you, everybody, who joined us on the, this week's episode. 
you can catch all our past episodes um, on all podcast catchers, uh, Popping, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all that jazz. Um, next week, we are going to be reviewing A24's First Cow. Um, this was supposed to get a, thre- a theatrical release. Instead, it is being released on VOD uh, this coming Friday, which is the 10th, correct? Yeah, it's the 10th. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be on VOD. So you probably can find it on like Amazon, Voodoo, all that kind of stuff, whatever you get your VODs. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to do the pair with First Cow. 1983's Scarface, <laughs> the Brian De Palma film, Scarface. Mm. Uh, that will be our geriatric cinematic. Do we want to mention our runner runners up? Our runner up, our runners up was was going to be Netflix's The Old Guard, and we were going to pair that with um, Highlander to The Quickening. <laughs> but we decided to go with something that we heard is actually really good, which is First Cow. Um, just interesting. Yeah, it seems seems a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, the topic, if you're wondering why we're doing First Cow and Scarface, 1983 Scarface, the topic is searching for the American dream. Gotta love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Scarface can be rented. Well, first of all, I don't know who, well, except for Kelsey, who's never seen Scarface. Who's in it? Oh, did you? Mm. Why are we doing Scarface then? How, how many other movies have we done that were that I've seen? No, oh, he did do Starship Troopers. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, we just want to do Scarface with it because it's perfect. It's been almost half my life since I've seen it, though. Yeah. Um, so, Scarface, if you get, if anybody has not seen it, which is weird because how can you not have seen it? Uh, it's able to rent on Amazon, YouTube, iTunes, or most likely in your DVD collection. It is it's probably the third copy of Scarface you have. I have like two separate copies, I think. <laughs> Case one of them breaks. <laughs> no, because they, they always like re they always like do re up editions. Like this edition has two more minutes of dialogue or some shit oh, like that, yeah. or extra behind the scenes. Or um, there was a box set that I got from um, a PR group. It was a uh, Scarface, and it was you get the DVD and you get a statue where it says "The world is yours." Oh wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, so that's going to be next week. Please watch those um, and join us for next week's episode. Uh, we want to bid you guys adieu. We hope everybody's being safe. You know, wash your damn hands. It's getting worse out there. So wash your damn hands. Put on your mask. Don't go outside unless you have to. Um, that's about it. Anything else you want to add, Kelsey? No. No? Okay. So I'm going to end this episode... A little story. A little a little diddle. A little diddle? A little diddle. <laughs> I hope not. So when I was uh, in elementary school, um, they, I took a sex ed class. And I learned a lot in that sex ed class. A lot of phallic items. Did you learn where the clit is? Learn where the clit is. Because <laughs> most men don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah, but it traumatized me. I was just like, oh my God, oh, it's so so much dick and all everything, right? Uh-huh. And I went to bed. I remember I went to bed that, that day. 
and I woke up screaming, just blah, blah, I had like this nightmares or something like that, and I woke up, and my mom came into the room, and she was like, Mark, what happened, what, why are you screaming, I'm like, oh my god, and the first thing that came to mind was the words from Ron Kovic, Kovic, played by Tom Cruise in Born on Fourth of July, and the words were, penis, penis, big fucking erect penis, mom, 